As many of you know, I often quilt scriptures together. <clears throat> it's how I prepare a sermon. I, I come from a tradition that uses the liturgy, so I'm used to reading gospel, epistle, psalm, and Hebrew Bible reading. And sometimes they really talk to each other. And I've gotten the habit now preparing sermons by knowing that a passage I'm looking at is usually connected to several others. And they resonate with each other. So this is a quilting of scriptures about the Holy Spirit. I'm starting in the Old Testament with the prophet Joel, who says, speaking of the coming of the of the kingdom of God, then afterward I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even the male and female slaves, in those days I will pour out my spirit. Amen to Joel. And in Luke we read, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. And then he talks about how even you and I would, would give someone a fish and not a snake if they ask, and concludes that even if we would do that, our Heavenly Father would do more. Our Heavenly Father gives us the Holy Spirit. I just want to pause on this line a little bit. Sometimes we think it means knock and ask anything you want, and you can have anything you want. So I want a new car. I ask and I'll get it because it says so. No, it says you ask and what you get is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the next time you're asking, don't forget to ask for what you can get. How often do you pray and ask for the Holy Spirit? Don't let the Pentecostal steal that. We should do it too. And Luke also says, and everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. We'll come back to that later. And in John we read, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and the Father will give you the Advocate to be with you forever. He abides with you, and he will be in you. And in Acts, we read, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The, the Bible doesn't really have a clear statement about what the Holy Spirit is. There are lots of passages you have to quilt together. 
Uh, and I think we're still there in some ways now. The Holy Spirit is hard to understand, isn't it? We talk about Jesus. Spirit in the water, that's a kind of metaphor that's often used uh, to talk about the way the Spirit sounds among us. There's nothing like a stream flowing over rocks. Uh, there's nothing like a sudden flower that you hadn't seen yesterday that's bloomed today. And uh, Cindy was telling me she was up at the park yesterday and the flowers are everywhere. Um, the Spirit is among us. The Spirit is everywhere. Dylan Thomas talks about the green fuse that pushes through the flower. Um, uh, it, it's important for us to take time to recognize the Holy Spirit because that's the primary way that God is with us now. One wise mystic in the 13th century said this is the age of the Holy Spirit. We had the age of the Creator God, and that's still going on, and that then was folded into the age of Jesus among us, the Word with us, and Jesus has ascended, and now it's us and the Holy Spirit. And we need to stop and pay attention because I know you've all encountered it. We've heard different ways it manifests itself. Now, both Craig and I often talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Wonderful and delicious fruits of the Spirit. You know the list. But what are the roots that bring forth the fruits? That's what I want to talk about today, the roots of the Spirit. What are the roots that bring forth the fruits? What are the roots of the Spirit that let us move here on earth, even on this Memorial Day, in the presence of that holy power? The beautiful creation poem that begins Genesis asserts the presence of the Spirit, a wind blowing across the primal waters at the dawn of the cosmos. That presence was in the heavens. When and how did it take root among us on the earth? According to the book of Acts, there was a day some 2,000 years ago that can be plotted on the Jewish calendar when the Holy Spirit dwelt among us. It came like a violent wind into the gathering place of a group of Jews who were followers of Jesus. Just a reminder, the earliest followers of Jesus were all Jews. And just a side note that you don't want to forget, Jesus was a Jew. He was never a Christian. So these Jews who were followers of Jesus were gathered there 2,000 years ago. And this violent wind came across them. They were gathered at a final meal just before Jesus' ascension in the village of Bethany. I like that. That's where he ascended from. That's where I lived for 50 years, in Bethany, but not Israel. Um, and there at that final meal, Jesus says this to them. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they are in Jerusalem waiting. The day the Holy Spirit dwelt among them and within them and upon them, 
was a day of celebration, just as Memorial Day is a day of celebration for us. The coming of the Holy Spirit coincided with Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, a harvest celebration, one of the three festivals God required of Moses and the Israelites. It is celebrated 50 days, actually 51, because they counted the day after Passover. It is celebrated 50 days after the Passover meal. So on Shavuot, great crowds of Jews from all over the known world were gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate. The city was abuzz with languages from Jews from Rome, from Africa, from all over the Middle East. People were speaking in Latin and they were speaking in Arabic and they were speaking in African dialects and they were speaking in Parsi and the Jews were in diaspora, were gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Shabbat, and that's when the Holy Spirit arrives. Just a little sidebar. Uh, Pentecost became, when it became celebrated as a Christian holiday, rather than a Jewish celebration, the dates changed a bit. Instead of celebrating Pentecost 50 days after Passover, we celebrate it 50 days after the resurrection. That makes sense. Um, but that's that little separation off from Judaism as Christianity identifies itself as something new and special. Not only were Jesus' followers in Jerusalem to celebrate, they were there, as we noted above, as Jesus commanded them to be, waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They've been waiting 50 days, and they don't even know what they're waiting for, I suspect. What's this baptism of the Holy Spirit? But he said, wait, so we're waiting. According to the book of Acts, when that Holy Spirit arrives, they were bewildered, amazed, astounded, from the rush of a violent wind and the divided tongues, a miracle came. Suddenly, Jews gathered from all over the known world, Rome, Africa, the Middle East, could speak whatever language they spoke and be heard by all the others. The Holy Spirit, it seems, was fluent in all languages and an instant translator of all. The linguistic chaos that began with the Tower of Babel was nullified, and humans, through the Holy Spirit, could communicate with each other without barriers. This is a miracle that happened once and for all, and more on this a bit later. It's quite a miracle, isn't it? Everybody could hear everybody and understand. From the roots of the Holy Spirit coming among us, many gifts have grown, including the fruits of the Spirit, which we talk about a lot, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, patience, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit and many more gifts, more than I can share today, more than I can perceive or imagine, are left with us in the Holy Spirit. Among the gifts of the Spirit that have grown from the roots are the gifts of hearing. 
both interpersonal, communal, and international, the gift of hearing, the gift of hope, and the gift of help. I want to look at each of these gifts as they come from the presence of the Spirit among us. The gift of hearing, as I said, is interpersonal, communal, international. The gift of healing is a healing of body and soul. The gift of hope is the gift of imagination sufficient that we can imagine that the kingdom of God will come on earth as it is in heaven. And the gift of help is divine and social justice among us working toward that kingdom. God knows, and we all know, that communication at all levels, beginning at the interpersonal and extending across languages, politics, and cultures around this earth is problematic. How many times do we say it's a communication problem? Whether it's with a person that you're close to or maybe angry at or whatever, or neighbors or communities, or whether it's the world of politics or the world of international affairs, communications is a problem. And it's the problem that is solved on Pentecost. That's the big point of Pentecost. People could hear each other. The gift of the Spirit, in part, is hearing. Pentecost brings the gift of deep communication, of communication that transcends the boundaries of particular difference and grounds relationships in love. That's what the Spirit does when makes communications happen. Where much love abounds, we can hear the soul of others rather than the echoes of our own voices and reasons. The Spirit gifts love as a form of communication. Sometimes, deep in love, we communicate without words. Sometimes, in trivial ways, and also in beautifully deep ways of soul to soul, both in joy and in anguish. A quick example of that first of the trivial ways, um, Carol, my bride of 54 years, come next Sunday, uh, and I were standing at the light between the Sunflower Theater and Lounging Lizard waiting for it to change. A couple stood across the street from us, and I thought, tourists, and said nothing. As the light changed and we stepped into the street, Carol said, tourists, a meeting of minds, if not of souls. People that have been in relationships for a long time, that happened? It's crazy, isn't it? It's love. It's in, in its sillier ways, but love does that. I love it that it does that. A little moment of pure communication prepares us for the second communication in the spirit of love. When the waters of pain and chaos rise up to our necks, or when the exhilaration of joy is there beyond words and can only be danced in body or in soul, 
That happens through a hearing that's special in the Spirit. The Spirit of love that flows into us, and we hear, actually listen to the other person or persons, or the people across the lines with us politically or around the world or in cultures that make no sense to us. Suddenly they do, we can hear. The gift of the Spirit that is accentuated on Pentecost itself. Another gift of the Spirit among us is the healing of body and soul. Certainly Jesus possessed this gift and employed it often. With the coming of the Spirit to us, that gift is also ours. We need to employ it often through prayers and through actions. All of us, I think, could recall times when effective healing extended out from us into the lives of others. For example, when we all prayed here for Carol just a month ago when she was in the ER, it was felt. It was real. And it did something. I can't tell you exactly what, but it did. Or a moment ago, well, 15 minutes ago, we gathered around those wonderful, wonderful shawls. And we prayed together. And the shawls will go off and they will do something in the way of healing. Bringing grace and peace and that strange joy that even comes during pain and in the approach of death. Other kinds of healings have happened when we've engaged bodily in making lives whole, whether we've done that through some kind of mission outreach or simply by holding hands and giving hugs to someone in the midst of crisis. We're healers. We have that gift. Use it. Don't be afraid to engage in healing. You're healers. Not just those guys on TV that go, ah, heal. Not that. We're healers. We have the real gift from the Spirit. The Spirit also spreads among us the gift of hope. The prophet Joel, as I read earlier, says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female slaves in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Joel's imagining a peaceful kingdom where the spirit is touching all people. Even people at the margins are brought into this new world. Through the gift of the Spirit, we are given the imagination needed to conjure up and work toward a vision of God's heavenly kingdom come to earth. All scripture moves the kingdom from heaven to earth and not the other way as we've so often done it. The kingdom will be out there after I die in heaven. That's not what the Bible tells us. That's not how we were taught to pray. We were taught to pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Many of us need to open ourselves to the gift of this imagination and hope. Our imaginations have been shriveled by the dark cynicism of these times and many have begun to accept the way of things as the way they must be. People shrug their shoulders and say, whatever. 
or it is what it is, which is a particularly nutsy thing for me. I can't stand that phrase. It is what it is. Why not? It is what it ought to be. The gift of the Holy Spirit allows us to imagine and to work toward bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. An imagination we need, right? Of hope. That what is can become what ought to be. The Holy Spirit brings us the gift of help. In John's Gospels, we read, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you the Advocate to be with you forever. He abides with you, and he will be in you. The Greek word for Advocate is paraclete. Although often translated in English as Advocate, it can also mean Defender or Helper. In the Holy Spirit, we have an Advocate who speaks up for us as we engage in the trials of life. A defender better than any defense attorney who ever lived. In all life's trials, we are defended by the Holy Spirit, who is our very helper in all of our troubles. The Spirit advocates for us, defends us, and helps us in trouble and never leaves us, though sometimes we keep it at bay. This Pentecost day, as a tongue of fire rests on each of us, may we feel its burn. As a violent rush of wind swirls around us, may it power us forward into God's kingdom. May it bless us with the gifts of hearing, healing, hope, and help, even as it puts before us its fruits of love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, patience, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. Amen.